Hey, and welcome to the Seats to Streets podcast, a conversation centered around adding a voice and practical tools through your earbuds on the subject of missions in the established church. Many pastors and pastoral staff want to do more in the area of local and global missions, but feel overwhelmed at where to start and how. Listen in and learn key practices and new perspectives from missionaries and ministers working to move people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Hey, Brian. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, hey. How's the uh, how's the mouth doing? It is it is still mostly intact after a guy took a drill into my gums to to give me bigger teeth. I think I don't know what the full plan oh. is with it, but I wow. go back in two weeks and they're. Like, it is funny when I go back in two weeks. I told him I said, you know, if you don't make this bridge out of metal, it'll break. And he kind of stopped right in the middle of what he was doing. He goes, Oh, I forgot about that with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Okay, he's like he's like thinking experimental products to put in my mouth. I might end up you, with superpowers before long you, if I get the vaccine. Are you and some this sort thing. of James Bond character? I, I I'm definitely in the villain bracket. I'm certain wow. of it. But yes. Oh my goodness! How does that affect the MMA stuff? <sighs> well, my I've already had my teeth knocked out. So what's it matter what they do now? Oh, it's true. No, I I, I wear a little. Mm-hmm. I, I I wear a mouth guard, and we try not to punch each other in the mouth that much. So don't don't get hit, and then you don't worry about it. Don't get hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been sharing your, um, you've been, you've been, you've been texting me the pictures of your workouts whenever you go to the gym and, and, uh, the, the amount of calories you're burning and things like that. How in the world do you not need CPR after you get done with that? Your maximum heart rate? Oh my goodness, bro. It, I tell people, you know, I joke about it, but I'm not, I'm not joking that, I'm the fittest fat man, you know, my, I've even just, I finally got the shirt that, that came in and the shirt says on the back of it, kind of fit, kind of fat. And, uh, that's just <laughs> perfect. I've got, a, I've got a surprisingly very, very healthy heart and the cardiovascular system and lungs. I mean, I can able to do all of that. I don't know if it's from the years of, of swimming or the marathon running, or just the fact that I refuse to let the body tell me that it's done, but uh, you you will not beat me that's a, you that's exactly you will not it. beat me oh, so i i can <clears throat> i find that i uh i'm not the guy who's going to be able to go out and like you know run marathon pace the whole time but i can i can and the joy of like kickboxing is i can do it for a few for you know do that routine for two three minutes breathe for about 10 15 seconds and be recovered enough to go again so i, oh, I recover no. really quick no um, no 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 uh-uh uh yeah i guess i'm viewing your workouts through my lens and my uh worldview and i'm going i would i would die jr curled Not, up in a ball in a massive sweat uh, sucking my thumb you know <laughs> someone please pick me up and take take me home uh yeah. you want to no, talk I about a nightmare like a... that's my picture of a nightmare right there is 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 me visualizing those those workouts like nope ain't happening the ones I can't take are when it's like, hey, now go get on a treadmill for a half an hour. Just I, I can't do that. And but yet I feel like if I go to kickboxing and I don't burn, if I don't burn at least 1200 calories, preferably closer to 15 to wow. 1600 in the hour, I feel like we've kind of we were clearly doing a technique day and I didn't really work that 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 much. My um, goodness. I, I'm So I'm just now able to get back into the gym after having back surgery last year and I'm like super excited to hit 300 calories on the elliptical machine 1200 calories in the hour and you feel like that was an underperformance yeah yeah wow. i 
it's not been uncommon to be able to to show, you know, 15, 17, 1800 calories in an hour. Wow. Uh, and walk out feeling like, man, that was a, that was a good workout. Wow. And, uh, those take me a little bit longer to recover my breath from, but, um, but no, I, oh. that's what I enjoy it, man. I find it, I find it as, as, as really great. And I'm looking forward to, um, supposed to be in line to get my vaccine at some point here in the near future. And if I can, that might mean I can get back to some of the bigger classes and save and get focused back into that again. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Well, we have to, um, we, we, I'm I'm pretty excited to start this episode, Brian, because I I guess technically maybe if we stretch it, look at it with some maybe some church numbers, we we we've we've got a sponsor. Uh, we have a sponsor. We've got a sponsor. Yeah, we've we've got we've got an unnamed sponsor because because we got these new microphones. We look do at, have amazing microphones. These sound so good. Yeah. I mean, I don't sound anything this good in real life. I mean, let's be honest. But I, it was we got, I used we got one new the other day. I used one the other day at the at the church. We had some missionaries come into town, and mm-hmm. they wanted to be able to do a presentation, but you know, COVID. Sure. And so we did a lot of it on Zoom. I was able to use one of these, and because of how good they are, they were able to stand back at a pretty substantial distance because there were two of them, his husband and wife. It picked them up beautifully clear, and then they didn't think to share their audio when they wanted to share a video, but it oh, picked no. up the audio coming out of the TV which was wow. nowhere close. So well, you could still hear almost everything they were saying. So yeah, wow. those of you that want to step your game up, man, move to the, move to the sure microphones. The, uh, they, uh, these things are amazing. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much to our double super secret sponsor for, uh, dropping us two brand new sure microphones so that we can make sure we equip ministers and pastoral staff with the information and the tools they need to become strategic and intentional with their local and global missions. So that is rocking. But today, um, as we hinted on the last podcast, we kind of wanted to talk about uh, a topic that you normally would talk maybe about in October, November of a year, so you can be prepared for the start of the year. But since COVID is taking place, it has wrecked all normal traditional schedules of planning and thinking and preparing. So today we want to talk about goals. And this episode is set to drop somewhere right around the 1st of February. So, Brian, why why in the world would we be talking about goals in February? Because right about now is the time where you realize the goals you set for the year back in November, December aren't working already. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's the New Year's resolution that you go, well, that piece of pecan pie on the 2nd of January will be just fine kind yeah. of situation. And I, I think that's why this really is the time to go, okay, you, you tried that for a little bit. Can we be realistic for a moment now if that's not right. working for you? Um, or what you get is... I, you know, I know people talk about annual goals and all that. I think that's great. But I think what you get quite often in church world is people think about goals. They may even write them. And then one month into it, they're back to the Sunday's a common mindset. Right. And, they've, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that. You know, it's funny. If you're not in church world, the phrase Sunday's coming can have this sense of like, that's that's right. It's Friday now, but Sunday's coming. If you're in church world, it's like, oh, dear, Sunday's coming. Sunday's uh, coming. And... uh and so I think what we find ourselves in is so quickly getting back into the routine that there's some things that this is the right time to stop and look at. And especially this year, um, you know, we've talked before that this is maybe not the year for annual goals. This is the right. year to be thinking quarterly. This is the year mm-hmm. to be thinking, hey, what do we need? What needs to get done in the next 90 days? What needs to get done in the next 180 days? Let's 
let's build something around that. Then we can start talking about the year because goals are always going to be based off of a baseline of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of us have a solid baseline right now. So it's no, hard to know where right we now. are. And uh, I just think yeah. this is the great time to have that conversation. Yeah, that, I know that this was about the time last year that we started looking going, all right, something's going to change because we started hearing about COVID. We started hearing about this virus. We started seeing positive cases creep up. We started seeing some travel bans start. Uh, and it was right about the middle of March that everything just completely fell through. I mean, we had a, we had a vacation I, plan. I remember you telling me, and it was around February or so, yeah. you was telling me, I think churches are going to end up closing down. I'm like, JR, that is the dumbest thing. There's no yep. way that's ever going to happen. And yep. Cro- cross the board, and cross then, the board, not even just churches. I mean, Disney shut down, yeah. um, major facilities shut down, uh, manufacturers shut down, airlines shut down uh, for a, a period of, a, a period of time. And so you want to talk about wrecking your goals. I know at the end of last year, when we were having our goal session um, and trying to figure out what we're trying to do as a mobilization team, as a church coaching program. What do we want to do for 2021? Well, before we figured that out, we had to review 2020 and to give an update on some of those goals. And at one point in time, we we made the comment of if we couldn't say that COVID killed this goal, what would we say killed the goal? Because it was a it was a bloodbath. I mean, if you're and I say that because of we in in my mind, I, I look at my goals as a red, yellow green type of thing uh, green mean they're good they're on track everything's positive yellow means eh, there's a few stumbling blocks or a few road road roadblocks may or may not uh be successful and may or may not hit the goal red meaning it's flat not going to happen uh and the majority of our goals were red because for me i had a ton of goals of being face to face ton of goals of uh, being in churches and it just didn't so, happen so let's start with that idea for a second because i think this is actually one of the first um missteps that people, not just churches, but I think churches are really well known for this as well. We build these these annual goals. And what should right. be happening is once a quarter, every 90 days, you should go back and look at those goals and adjust them to the world that you now know, right? Mm-hmm. With this premise that if I'm trying to drive from Wisconsin to Florida and I start finding about three quarters of the way there, that I may sit there and go, I'm so close now, but if the bridge is out, right, you don't stay on the road, you you recalculate. And and then all of a sudden, if what was gonna take you, you know, 20 hours is now gonna take you 21, fine, it's gonna take you 21, but you don't keep staying on the road because that's what the map says you have to do if the if it's not there. And so I think that's why it's really valuable for, for churches, for staff, for individuals. If you're gonna do a goal. Absolutely think through the year, but every 90 days, go back and remap it to think like, okay, now one year. Well, now Hmm. one year, now one year. If you do that, you'll find that you don't lock yourself in. And I would argue from a church perspective, you leave yourself much more open to what the Holy Spirit may be trying to do within your environment. If Mm -hmm. I tell God, here's what I want to do, and that's what I want to do, you're you're kind of stuck. Um, Right. Proverbs... uh, I think, is it 15, Proverbs 16? 
Proverbs 16 says a couple of times, basically, you make your plan, but God gets the last word. You make your plan, but God is the one who directs your steps. Sure. So if we're not going back and going, hey, where did God move us? Where did he veer us off of the original plan? We're in a lot of trouble because we'll keep working down a hot walking down a highway that God's like, I'm over right. here, guys. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I think that's one of those first mistakes is people, if, if you were doing that, then that gives you the ability to figure out maybe the goal for the second quarter is to change the goal. Right. Exactly. Otherwise, you get I wonder, to all reds. I wonder if that is the struggle with most pastors and with a lot of a lot of churches, because I'll be honest with you, Brian, I, I get the privilege to be able to go in and talk to a lot of ministers. I get to talk with a lot of different churches and they uh, experience their cultures and to see their perspectives, not just here in Kentucky, uh, but just I, I get the privilege to be able to see that. And a, a lot of my conversations with some pastors, and this is not all, right, but some pastors, they really struggle with the idea of a of, of something that's boxed in, something that is uh, a, 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 like a goal. It, it, I feel so boxed in. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a, a, a really good friend of mine one time, and I used the word strategy, and I could just seem, you know, I could just seem recoil um, at the word, at the word strategy. And it was, a um, it was in reference to, ah, oh, you know, this, 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 this business terms and all this being put on the, put on the church. And I said, well, hang on, man, a, a strategy is just the, 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 the plan, the roadmap toward meeting this goal. So I, I want to go here. I want to go on this vacation. Well, my strategy to get there is I got to pack the car, get gas, stop and get lunch, find directions and go. That that's just, that's just my strategy. Right. But what you're, but saying, I what wonder, you're sharing though is so good on strategy that, that, when you talk about why ministers struggle with goals is most of my experience has been a goal has to be this brand new thing you're creating. Exactly. Right. Versus, hey, what is it you're going to be doing week in and week out? How do you define whether you're succeeding in it and how right. do you improve upon it? Right. So if we'll just use it and we'll use something that a lot of churches don't have because it helps to make sense out of it. A lot of smaller churches don't have a, a social media staff person. Right. Sure. But. I use the example because it makes for a really good, clean example. Whether it's a staff person, whether it's a volunteer, right? You could still say as a church goal that we want to have, you know, a, an average of four posts a week, which mm -hmm. is probably not enough, but it might be depending right, on right. how good they are, right? And then, and from there, you can figure out how many of those are Facebook, how many of those are, you know, are, you know, are using Instagram or using LinkedIn, whatever. You can figure that stuff, right? But, but if you can sit there and say, well, how many did we have last year? Well, we had, you know, we were doing four a week last year. Well, then this week we want five. You can do that. I'm not saying it's a great goal, but I'm saying it's sure. within your control. And I think that's where ministers struggle because a lot of the goals that we set, um, <clears throat> while they could be in our control, it's dangerous, right? right? So we could set numerical goals for the growth of the church, the attendance growth of the church. But unless you can actually control how that works, um, I, I think it's a it's a daunting way to fail consistently. Hmm. Uh, because all you're going to keep doing is saying, well, I, I tried these things, but they didn't work. Well, what were the things you were trying? Let's see if right. we can make those the goals, what's actually in your control. So you can do things. I mean, this is honestly one of my goals for this year based upon some mistakes I made last year is that over the course of the year, I'm going to have six additional speakers, uh, you know, people preaching other than myself. Because um, I, I preached way too much last year and mm -hmm. didn't give myself or the church a, a chance to take a break from that. Uh, for all of us, that's good. 
And so that's something I put in. The elders and I talked about, we felt like that was really, really a key thing for, for my longevity in the church. Um, right. Well, how big of a goal is that? Well, when you think about the fact you got to find guys you trust to do it, um, we want most of those people to be people in our church already, and we don't have a big enough staff where you're going to go, well, I'm just going to tap the next guy on the shoulder, which means now I'm developing leaders to be able to do it and developing speakers and helping them write these messages. I mean, it's still actually a lot of work on my part. It's not just like, hey, you six, go run with this thing. Um, but good for the church, good for me, good for them. And But it's it's within my control right? that I can do that. In fact, the specific right. goal is three speakers in the first six months of the year. We'll deal with the second six months later because we're only building six months right now. Exactly. And I think you're hitting on something that a lot of churches and a lot of ministers um, have been forced into the mindset that if I've got to set a goal and I miss that goal, I'm a I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Like I have failed to do that. Um, then they don't we, even set we, them because they feel like such failures. But part exactly. of the reason they feel like failures is because they didn't set good ones to start them at Exactly. So, so we're in the midst of COVID now, and here it is, the first of February, and 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 the pastors and churches are desperate to make an impact on their community. What sort of goals can they? What sort of what what is the first step to in order to think through a logical, attainable, measurable goal for a church in this in this culture we have right now amidst COVID? I'm gonna give you the. In my mind, my opinion, what should be goal number one for every church, um, if they don't have this yet, if you have it yet, great. If you haven't figured it out yet, the goal number one will be um, build and work on, work within a defined scorecard. Hmm. Um, you, you don't know if you're winning the game if you can't see the scoreboard. Right. Uh, as someone who's coached a lot of soccer teams uh, through the years, what I know and played on a lot of soccer teams through the years is that one of the things that when they're little, they don't have, you know, we don't keep score. Well, you may not, but those kids sure do. Sure. They know the score because it helps them. And even if they don't know the score, sometimes they may not know the team score, but if you ask them if they scored goals, they can tell you that they scored three or four or five. They can tell you that years later because the score does matter. Mm-hmm. Problem is, our in the past, all of our scoreboard was based upon things that we that we just don't own any, as well anymore, right? It used to always be based upon in-person attendance. In our right. church right now, um, around 75% of our total attendance over the course of a Sunday is 75% of it's online. Hmm. Well, that changes the conversation a lot for how yeah. that works. So if if our scorecard is, if our scoreboard, whatever you like to call it, our metrics of success are based upon Sunday morning in-person attendance, you're leaving out a massive portion of your congregation. Sure. So I say the first goal, you know, big Q1, Q2 type stuff here, quarter one, quarter two, is what are we going to track? And then you make your second half of the year tracking it and seeing if it's effective. You want to be asking yourself some questions like, um, how how many people are engaging with worship? How many are engaging live? How many are engaging later? Um, what are the different outlets you're using for it? Right. Um, and really tracking your, your engagement, not just people who watched three seconds of it. Like, what's your engagement? You need to be figuring out, are you moving people forward, right? How many... Mm-hmm. How, 
you know, so a lot of people, when they think church, like, okay, would you fill out this connect card? That's a sure. bad idea for online church. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to take a break from what you're doing and do that. I would suggest Brian's opinion. Um, that if we would learn from the rest of the online world, how's the rest of the online world do it? They go, hey, would you subscribe to our email? Or, I mean, check the, I mean, things like being able to say that, hey, we're going to, this This will be another goal idea, that you're going to build a free resource that you will give out to anyone who subscribes to your email right. list, right? So mm-hmm. maybe they're subscribing because they want to receive your um, your kids' packets, like we send out a kids packet every month to the home, um, whether you came in person or not. Right. Um, and so we sign up and we will send you a, a free kids packet every month with resources and activities for you to do with your kids to help move them closer to Jesus as the spiritual leaders in your homes. Right. Or maybe it's right. a, Hey, here's a Bible reading plan for the month. Maybe that would be, but right. But you can say, Hey, we're going to have this built in the first quarter, second quarter. You can say, now we're going to, um, Create a baseline. How many people are signing up for that? Right? Are we pro- are we promoting it well? What are we saying from the stage that they're hearing in their in their own homes and on their phones? I'm just saying, building yourself a scorecard based around the things that you do. You need a big one for your church, and then you mm-hmm. go to your individual staff and individual ministry right. teams and have them build a little one, four or five numbers that they're looking at that are within their control. Right. Now, I I, I agree with you. I I think having some sort of scorecard that says, are we on the same path? Are we still moving forward? Are we making an impact? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in some of my listeners' shoes, and, and, and I can hear them cringing. I can hear them, <laughs> I can hear them cringing over the fact of I've got to put a number on a paper because goals are trackable and measurable. Ideally, they're trackable and measurable. They're yeah. not just what you're doing in a day in a day out. Um, a, a poorly written goal would sound like by this time on December 31st, I will have sent out 12 monthly newsletters. Well, that's, that's not, I mean, did you do that? Yes or no? Yes. That, that, that's not a goal. That's, that's right. a part did of what you do doing. anything when you sent exactly. Out. So I'm hearing a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of our listeners just cringe mm. over the fact that I've got to put a number on a paper and, and, and I want to help me if I'm, tell me if I'm too far off on this. This is, this is my, um, this is my belief, not a speculation. I believe that too many ministers are apprehensive of putting numbers on a paper because of their leadership, their elders holding them accountable to it, and they're fearful if they don't hit it because of too many toxic leadership environments that we see in the church today. Right. That's actually the beauty. If so Let me see if I can articulate a little bit different. The beauty of what I'm asking for here is I'm saying you're not putting it down to build a goal. Your goal is to have a scorecard so that you have a baseline of information, hmm. right? That's all you're trying to do is get a baseline of information. So I'm not handing ammunition to someone with that scorecard. Right. All you're doing is saying, hey, we had this many people in our church, right? Our world. We had this many people. We have two services. We had this many people at this service. We had this many people at this service. We want both those numbers. We want to know how many people were live. We only live stream one of those services. How many of those mm-hmm. people were what was our peak live stream attendance at the on Facebook? What was our peak live stream attendance on YouTube? We want that information. We want to know how many people interacted with us live in that moment, right? Those are there. We also want to know um, what was our viewer retention rate, 
after mm-hmm. we watched the service. Did Where did mm-hmm. we lose people? How were we losing them? What do we need to be aware of? Um, there's some elements like this. So we want that information. What we do with that information is secondary. But if we don't have the information, then you have nothing to base anything off of. Mm. Now we can start to see, hey, wait a minute. Hey, look, our... Right. Consider the value. Let's just use that information as an example. Consider what it looks like when you go, hey, we had 100 people, and I just like using good round numbers. You had 100 people in your service on Sunday during your 10 o'clock service, and the next week you had 120. Wow, look at how well we're growing. But if you had 100 last week in your in-person service, and you had 100 last week in your online service, and next week you had 120 in your in-person service and 50 in your online, no, you actually lost. The the sad part is this, you lost and you felt better about it. Mm. That's where the worry is. And if you don't have a baseline of information, if you don't have a baseline of information, you'll you'll never know what that is. Um, It's a little bit like going to the doctor once a year for your blood work and they call you and they give you your numbers. Your second question after, are are you sure about those? Uh, The next question you should be asking is, can you tell me last year's numbers? Oh, yeah. Right? I want to know, did I get better? Did I get worse? Right? Even if they told me a number is good, like this year they called and they're like, hey, you're... uh, you know, all of your cholesterol and your triglycerides and all your stuff is really good, which they always say with a bit of surprise, like, have you seen you? You're, you're a big yeah, boy right. to have good numbers. But <laughs> but they say that, and I'll usually ask, hey, where where does that compare to the previous years? And like, oh, I can see here that you've actually gone, become healthier each year for the past three years. That's the information I need to know. And that's why you need a baseline. It's not to use as a weapon against you later on. Um, it just adds clarity. Imagine the joy of being able to go to, let's say one of you, let's say you put a team together to create some service projects for your church that speak to the the community and speak to the the things that your church cares about. How much better and healthier is that team if you sit there and say, here's what we want. Over the course of the next six months, we want to be able to do three events in our community um, so that we have the capacity to handle at least a hundred volunteers. Mm-hmm. total um, within the categories of these specific uh, arenas, the things that we care about as a church. You just made life so much easier for that team. You loved your teams well because mm-hmm. now they know what to go do and they can go do it and they don't have to keep coming back to you about it. You can just kind of check in and make sure you're okay. That team can run. You can let them use their gifts. But if you don't give them a baseline of, as to what they need to be working toward, Right? right, but you don't have that if you don't have that, and you, that's why baseline. That's why numbers matter. Not because you're trying to find the next big growth strategy. It's because you just want to know where you are um, intentionally. If you're not intentional, right. if you're not intentional. Uh, it's like it's like uh, if you if you don't have a hold of the reins of the horses, your wagon mm-hmm. ends up wherever. Exactly. It goes but you may have got there go. really fast. <laughs> like that's not what we're looking for so that's where right. i would encourage you to think through those and i don't care what other churches claim about their health numbers well it right. needs to be 10 percent of your tennis is this and 20 don't no 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 throw that yep. out the window yep just Agreed. know the number just know who you are that's your first step understanding getting your finger on the pulse of your church your co- culture and your community that's the biggest number one thing if you're not doing that you can brian you can do that at a church of 40 Mm-hmm. To a church of forty thousand, yeah, it, it it's it's scalable across the board. Just understand and uh, understand your church, 
your church culture and your community. It will allow you to create some sort of scorecard so that we can look and track are we being healthy as a staff? Are we being healthy as a church? Uh, uh, is our church culture healthy? And are we being effective in the community? I, I totally I totally get that. All right, stop um, worrying about BC. Stop worrying about before COVID. Don't before COVID. Know that's who out you the window. are today. It is reshaping. Uh, right. It is reshaping everything that we do. It and really, spend really six is. months. Spend six months knowing if you can track it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've created some baselines in the past where I went, we need to know this number. And then we get into like, we have no way to know that number. It, see, see, here's this is the funny part, because it's going to expose a few things. So like when, mm, uh, yeah. you, you know, if you're still into if, if, if you're in the, uh, the head count phase and you've got multiple people that count heads on a Sunday morning. How, Brian, how many times have you looked at the name beside that head count and went, oh, they always count light or oh, they always count a little heavy. Usually they right? forgot, this person forgot to go count in that room. Exactly. This person forget. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're spending that six months just exposing uh, some of those roadblocks to say, okay, we, we don't have an accurate ability to have a scorecard because of some of these uh, training moments that need to take place, right? Yeah. All right. So let's, 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 switch, let's switch tones here a little bit because I, I think there's one goal that uh, most pastors need to put into their 2021 lists that... Uh, I would argue that the majority would kind of look over that they don't think it's quite needed. Uh, I believe that a, a pastor in 2021 needs to put some sort of self-care goal into mm. their 2021 lists. I have yeah. talked to so many pastors over the past six to eight months that are just on the verge of tears and hanging it up because of the pressures of COVID. I mean, think about it. A, a, a pastor wants to be with his people, wants to sit next to them, wants to put their hand on their knee of a person who is suffering uh, right next to them. And, and, and in many contexts, we can't. We haven't right. been able to. And it doesn't seem like it's going to lift for the next several months. Um, but, but what has happened, the damage has been done. What sort of self-care goals can pastors put in place to ensure that they are the healthiest and they're leading out of health and and not just kind of burning the fumes to keep on going because, like we said, Sunday's coming. Well, I think there's uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, in fact, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. I just put this in this year, first year that I've done it for and kind of required the staff to do it this directly. Um, I've made my staff have these conversations in the past, like, what are you doing personally? But it's actually needs to be one of their goals this year. Like, what is their personal growth and development? Um, hmm. right. Like say for me, it's not preaching 52 sermons this year. That's uh, I, I did that in 2020, um, which is not healthy for anybody. And so not so, only did okay, you do that in 2020, but you had to do that to a camera lens and the feedback you would normally get from people in the seats was not there. So right. the stress level was higher. Yeah. Uh, plus I, I did all my, I did almost all my own editing. Um, right. of, of my sermon. So there's all those elements that go along with that. But here's some specifics you might want to look at. Um, one of them, actually I say this, two of them that we've put in for the first quarter of the year is we have written a, uh, a health review that has about 18 questions for our elders to work through together. Um, it's, a, it's a really simple, you know, yes, I do it. No, I don't. 
I'm, I'm work. I, I try most of the time. I think I do this most of the time. And in the elders meeting, we all work through there, myself included. How are we doing in these categories? How are we doing in being mentored? And where are we specifically growing? How are we doing in having a mentor? It's just a, a, a health checkup, more or less. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things we're doing with the elders. That's really good because from there, we can all sit there and go, oh, we need to help each other in these capacities. Uh, one of the other things we're doing with our elders and as a Q1 for us um, is... And I actually call it, a, it's actually called an organizational health assessment, something that um, I saw somewhere else. I took it, adapted it, changed it to suit who we are as a church, involving right. our purposes, our values, our vision, our uh, um, the, the things we're passionate about and, and sort of the core of who we are. So it's got 20 questions and it's that same sort of thing that, that I work through with the staff and I work through with the elders uh, separately. And it's just to see... Are we improving right now? And it does. It, it deals with a lot of unity issues. It deals with a lot of clarity issues. Uh, and so we want to make sure on the page here, I think there's some things like that that you can put in place to make sure your organization is healthy. Because if your organization's not healthy, you're just going to be ripping your own hair out. Exactly. Like, how have I been saying now for you know for for twenty years that we are passionate about underwater basket weaving ministry and uh, and a paper airplane ministry and yet I haven't seen a single basket or an airplane? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe your people didn't understand that that's what we were passionate mm-hmm. about. Having that is really good. A couple others that I think putting in there is determining up front how often you're going to preach. Right. I think that I'm just learning that for me. That's a big one. Um, de- determining what books you're going to read. Uh, is important. I think it's really important to determine in advance what books you're going to read. I mean, I have a format that I use. It has to be so many of these books and so many of those books and whatever. But if you map out that, hey, you're going to force yourself to finish a book a a month, a book a quarter, a book a week, right? Whatever that is for you. Um, And then mapping out, these are the three books I'm going to read this quarter. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I believe it's really valuable to have your vacation time planned out um, to actually put it in, maybe even put it in as a goal, might be written, might be unwritten, maybe it depends right. on your elders and how this fits. Um, but what is your vacation goals? Do you know, ha- have you used up half your vacation by the time you get to the midpoint of the year? Right. And that's out of self-care. I mean, right. that's not out of, that's not out of use it or lose it mentality. That's yeah. out of, no, the whole point of recreation is to recreate yourself. So vacations yeah. are absolutely a part of, and can be a goal. I don't think that the uh, using time uh, at the end of the year to plan out to plan out goals for vacation and recreate yourself uh, for recreation is is negative at all. One of the one of the things that we've done as a staff, um, as far as our department, is that we have a uh, once a month we we just have a just a spiritual development day. Uh, it is ex- it is expected that once a month we take a work day. And use it as a spiritual development day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we log out of our messengers, uh, our, our our messenger app on our computers and our phone. Um, we're expect you know, it's asked to not be on social media, um, and that you just have t- extended time of worship, extended time of reading, extended time of prayer, or extended time of rest. Uh, that 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 the whole point is for you to recoup uh, spiritually and physically, so that you can continue to push 
forward on our goals as an organization. And I, I think that's absolutely worth it. Absolutely uh, worthwhile your time to think through those and to put them down on paper. I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's negative well, at all. Let me add to that a touch of something that you might want to consider as well. That I think people should consider the first question a lot of people have when they think goals is what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll tell you one of the first questions you should be asking is what am I not going to do anymore? Oh, uh, Right. So yeah. what am what I, I going to, to stop doing? delegate? Right. Um, and that doesn't mean drop off on somebody, but it really means because because that to delegate something well means you're going to have to spend if, if you could do the job in five minutes, you're going to have to spend 30 minutes each time to train exactly. someone. But if you do that, if you take the 30 minutes rather than the five, which is going to be harder at first, take that 30 minutes, you do that for three months. Every week it took you five minutes. Now it's taking you 30 because you're training someone else. At the end of three months, you're done. By the time you get to the end of the third quarter, you just freed up that time altogether. And right. you empowered and, and equipped the saints. So some things that, you know, that, that, that we're doing is we've built out, we've got within our goals, some specific goals that are based around, we are going to form a team to oversee this specific project. So that I I don't oversee it uh, at all. I'm just all I did was give them the scope. So determining what you're not going to continue doing is really an important life skill, um, and that's something that we ask the rest of the staff on a regular basis too. What are right. the things you need to be giving away, and that and and having that as a goal that says by this time I will no longer be doing blank. Exactly. That's a beautiful yeah. goal. Yeah, if they can do it, if, if if a volunteer or somebody in your church can do it, 85% as, uh, as good as you can, that's absolutely worth uh, you giving them that responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely worth it. And it so, might mean that when you get started, they can't do it at all. Uh, no, but that's the whole point of, that's the whole point of mentoring. You know, one of the right. things that we, one of, one of the things that we in, uh, integrate into our teaching and our trainings here at Team Expansion is the idea of what it is to mentor. And we use uh, an acronym, M-A-W-L, um, model, assist, watch, leave. You want to maul them. I'm going to maul them. So M-A-W-L. Model, assist, watch, leave. I mean, that's 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 the point. I I, I I do, you watch, we do, you do, I watch, I leave. I mean, that that is that is that's a, a saying to be able to have that around. But, but consider how spiritually impactful that can be when all agreed. of a sudden now you're having to spend. You weren't spending thirty minutes a week with this person before, but now you're with them thirty minutes a week. Mm -hmm. You know, in that time, it's not going to be about trying to teach them how to video edit. Right. That nope. time's going to be spent doing a little bit of that. And it's how's your family? How are the kids? Mm -hmm. How are you doing spiritually? What have you been reading? They start asking you questions they would have never asked you before. You get to engage with them in ways you've never like the spiritual development that comes out of this is so powerful. That's why it's got to be intentional. Yes. And we go back to the intentionality of having that scorecard. Mm -hmm. Those moments should be trackable on that scorecard that says, look at the depth I've made with this person or this or these, uh, or this, this group, or this team. If 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 we don't have a baseline, we're we're not going to be able to understand if we're moving people closer to Jesus, and that is a big deal. But we are out of time, man. We have uh, talked about our goals. We've talked about. There's so much more we could talk about because this is so 
this is so freeing. I mean, one of the one of the things I want to I want I want pastors to see and to understand is that how having something like a scorecard or something goals is actually not a burden. It's not something that you have to be fearful of because oh now someone's gonna put my thumb on me because I've made this goal and if I don't hit this goal I'm gonna be ridiculed and I'm gonna be uh, my uh, job could be potentially taken away. I mean that's mm. that's mm-hmm. a real fear and it shouldn't yeah. be that way. So we want to be able to. We want to be able to look at goals in a, in a new light. So, Brian, I appreciate you being here. Next podcast, we're going to take this same mentality and we're going to apply it to local and global missions. What does it look like to be able to enter into a relationship with your local missions partners and your global missions partners to be able to set goals when it comes to your local and global missions? Is that even possible? Can we even do that? How do you set a goal for a missionary that's working in Africa? But it's possible, and we've done it, and we want to share with you how you can go about doing it. But not only that, but we want to ask the right questions so that you can determine your next step. That's the big deal. We want to be able to help you take your next step. But what your next step is, is to be able to join us on February 11th for the next collaborative. We're going to talk about this podcast that we just that you just listened to. We're going to talk about the goals for your church. You're going to be able to sit down and uh, listen live via Zoom, um, listen to other pastors and their goals in the midst of COVID. So if you're struggling to go, I don't know what the, well, I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. All I know is Sunday's coming. Come and be a part of this Zoom call. We would love to have you with us. Be a part of the Seats to Streets Collaborative where you get to go on and hear other ministers who've processed through this podcast and bringing their goals, bringing their intentionality, and talking through a scorecard. What's a scorecard look for them? And be a part of this. So, Brian, I think we're uh, I think we're done. And uh, we'll see everybody on February 11th. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Hey, so in the process of recording this, I totally forgot to tell you how to sign up to be a part of that Seats to Streets collaborative. It's super easy. Head over to the website, www.seatstostreets.com. Up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a Let's Connect button. Just click that. You'll be able to read about the collaboratives, and you'll be able to fill out the dialog box that signs you up to be a part of our email distribution list. That's your next step. If you'd like to be a part of that conversation, seatsthestreets.com, head there and fill out the dialog box that pops up. All right, we'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Seats to Streets podcast, a conversation centered around moving your people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.